Please, I thought we'd have the man that's going to be twice the man that I am because uh, I was thinking about it. Uh, Sonny and I had our three kids when we were 27 and older. Caleb and Jennifer have three kids, and they're not even 27 yet, so he's, got th- he's going to have at least three more. In the- There's got to be at least three more coming for sure. So he'd be twice the man that I am. That's why he's preaching tonight. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank you. Take your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter, chapter 1. Pastor, I'm not sure, unless it's the Lord's will. I'm not sure about any more kids. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. Love being a dad. You get to, you say some phrases you never think that you'd aim towards another human being in your life. Like, uh, I just some crazy things that my, man, where's Hebrews? It's next to Hebrews. I know, where is this at here? Okay, Hebrews chapter, chapter 1. And uh, so thankful. Again, I want to thank everybody publicly um, for all that you have done for us uh, with the help before, during, and after of um, the arrival of our twins. And um, thankful my mother-in-law is here because I have not had to get up one time in the night yet. Uh, but that will soon, soon change. Um, but uh, thankful uh, for um, God's blessings they bestows upon us. And uh, we're going to talk tonight about spiritual drifting. And before we get there, I'd like to, to share a story with you that uh, I, I think that if I add up all the appointments, uh, the times in between going back and forth to the hospital, I think we probably had, I would say, close to 30 trips back and forth to the hospital. Uh, and I, I don't think that's, uh, that might even be a low number. But uh, I got a little bit better with driving the minivan. That actually was uh, pretty fun to learn how to drive. You can't be cool in a minivan, uh, but I'm trying, I'm trying to do that. Um, but uh, during one of our trips, uh, we were obviously on our way to the hospital, so we were really close to uh, the hospital, and there was an ambulance that, uh, I'd like to drive an ambulance just so I could turn on the siren and everybody get out of my way, but uh, so they came by, and we, we pulled over the road, and they took this sharp turn right in front of us, and uh, they, I just was appalled that they pretty much almost cut us off, and the back doors actually started to open. And I was thinking, this is fantastic. We're going to see someone come flying out on a gurney. And I'm, where's my phone? Let me take a picture of this, a video. No one's going to believe me. And uh, but no, nobody fell out. But the small little cooler fell out the back door, and it landed on the ground uh, on the road right in front of us. And I thought that the ambulance would stop, but it kept going. And so it's in the middle of the road. I thought maybe it's just someone's lunchbox. So let's go see what it is. And as I got closer, I realized it was not a lunchbox. It was one of those coolers that they transport human body parts in. And uh, my curiosity, I had to know what was in there. So I opened it up, and I found that they had, there was a human severed big toe. I don't know if it was the right or left, but it was inside that cooler. They were going to take it somewhere, I guess, uh, whatnot. And so uh, we weren't that far from the hospital, but I did not want to be held responsible with transporting that back. So we decided the best thing we could do was call a tow truck. So we called a tow truck, and they came and picked up the tow. And so, if you guys, you guys laughing? But uh, well, if you ever if you run into that, you, that's uh, that's what we did, and it worked. It worked tremendously. So, but all right, Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one. I don't know why you guys aren't laughing. You guys can't take me serious. Hebrews one. We're going to begin in verse ten, and we're going to read down to chapter two, verse one. It says, the "Bible says, and thou, Lord, in the beginning, hast laid the foundation of the earth." 
and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at thine, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. I know we've prayed several times, but let's pray one more time tonight. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for uh, this opportunity. I do not take this lightly, Lord, to uh, open up your word freely and to uh, teach something that you have shown to me, God, and, and very much of an encouragement, God, and I want to just be a blessing and encouragement to someone tonight, God. Just hearing the request tonight, I know that there are some heavy hearts, and uh, no doubt there are some people that are tired coming straight from work. I thank you for them coming here and sharing their requests. God, I pray that we'd be faithful to pray for those uh, requests that we've heard tonight. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Turn over to Romans, Romans 12. Just for fun tonight, I'm going to have you guys stand up one more time. If you could read this with me in unison, all the verses, uh, just because there's some big words in here I need help with. Uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, Romans 12, we're going to begin in verse 9, and we're going to read all the way to the end of the chapter. Ready? Begin. Let love be without... Thank you. you. may be seated. If you still had your place there, if not, it's okay. We're really, um, we'll probably refer back to some of the text here, but we won't be reading any more scripture tonight. Uh, but Hebrews 2, that uh, very first verse there, in that la- or that last verse we read, but first verse in chapter 2, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them Slip. We're going to talk about tonight spiritual drifting, just letting some things slip in our life. And um, so I got six 
Six statements, six questions, three points. So we're going to go quick. Don't worry. Just don't let this um, scare you off a little bit, okay? So number one there on your, on your worksheet there says, you always drift downstream. Very deep. I know. I came up with this on my own. Teenagers are always so impressed with the, the deep knowledge that I have. You always drift downstream. Makes sense, right? You always drift downstream. Number two, drifting is often done without realizing it. Drifting is often done without realizing it. Uh, illustration I'd like to share with you. At, um, my, my family and I, we went to this family water park when I was about 10 years old. That was before I knew water, po- water parks were evil, okay? Um, I was 10 years old. Uh, I did not know I was allowed to like girls yet, uh, but I would not go there anymore, and I would not take the teenagers there. But uh, we went to this water park. We were at a wave pool. If you've never been there, you stand in the water and you wave to people. No, I'm just kidding. But it's a wave pool. They have waves that happen in the pool. Okay, you know what those are? Okay, so well, they, my sisters, uh, they, uh, they decided they would take me to the deepest part of the wave pool and where the big waves are. And uh, so I was not realizing it because uh, I was just sitting there relaxing on my flotation device, soaking in the, uh, the sun rays. And all of a sudden I realized I'm getting closer to the part that I don't like, which is the huge waterfall that you sit under and it just soaks you. I did not want, I did not want to do that. So I'm trying to get away, but for some reason I think my sisters had demonic strength because I could not get away from them. Um, but uh, anyways, I was trying to get away and I couldn't. And so I decided the best thing that I could do, because I was so smart, instead of going under the waterfall to get soaking wet, I would jump off of my flotation device to not get wet. I don't know what, what my reasoning was, but I decided I'd jump off, okay? Now, I was not the best swimmer, although I could swim, but all of a sudden I came to the realization that I was definitely not a really good swimmer because I started swimming, and all of a sudden that wave took me down. That's no problem. I'm going to go up, and I'm going to go get some air. Came back up. I got about half an air before... I got sent back down. I said, that's okay. I'll go up and I'll get a full breath this time. That time I could not come back up. And um, I actually died that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm here. So that it didn't. Uh, but all of a sudden they, they blow the whistle. They stop the wave pole. And I'm thinking, who in the world are they jumping in to get? Because I'm fine. I'm okay. I don't need any help. Nonetheless, it was me. I was very embarrassed. And, uh, but the, I was drifting towards a spot in the wave pool, not realizing it. And uh, my sisters had taken me there. I think that they had other plans to get rid of me. Uh, but uh, anyways, I was drifting, and I wasn't realizing it. That often happens in our spiritual drifting. Number three, drifting requires no work on your part. Just like I was there in that wave pool, I didn't have to do anything. I, someone was pulling me. Uh, at that time, someone was pulling me. I was drifting without realizing it, and it wasn't taking any effort on my part. Number four, drifting puts others in danger. And uh, I wrote in the front of my Bible, I would say about seven years ago, I put the choices you make, the people you hurt. Uh, I made a decision, and uh, it was not a wise decision. I, I realized that was probably the first time I realized that some choices I make hurt people around me. Uh, I was very selfish and uh, made a decision, and all of a sudden, just, I was like, oh, this affects more than me. And a couple weeks ago, I got to add a couple more names, two more of our kids' names to that list of choices I make, people I hurt. But then a little bit later down the road, I realized also the other side of that coin, the choices I make, the people I help. And I want to make sure that the choices I make, I'm not putting other people in danger. 
Uh, tonight, I heard that there was uh, some people praying for some lost relatives. I also have some lost relatives, and uh, I know, uh, really, honestly, I don't think they're waiting there to, to laugh if I was to, uh, to jump out of church or anything like that, but I do know that if I did, they would just confirm with them that Christianity is fake, and they think that everything is just a hoax, uh, but that they are watching me and my family to make sure that we stay with it and that we are faithful, and, uh, but the choices we make, sometimes we... Uh, we also put other people in danger when we drift, and we don't realize that. Number five, the closer you get to the falls, the faster the current is. And I put underneath this, don't go with the flow. Don't go with the flow. pastor a couple weeks ago asked, uh, or he said, you know what, I think we need to do a whitewater trip uh, next summer. Caleb, I want you to head that up. And I said, Pastor, that is not any of my desires. I've heard that 10 people go, three people come back. Uh, I don't want to be one of those people. The three people just have uh, PTSD you know, after that or whatever, whatever they call that. But I said, I have no desire to do that. And uh, hopefully he'll forget by next year. But uh, I've heard that once you get closer to the waters, you start to go a little faster. And you're oh, and you start to get, oh, this is kind of fun. But all of a sudden you realize why you're going fast because you're getting close to going off the waterfalls. And uh, the closer you get to the falls, the faster the current is. And so when we are in the workplace, when we're in the world, uh, and again, we are, um, sorry, of the world, but we're, or we're in the world, we're not of the world, um, it gets, it, it's a little bit hard to go against that flow, but we need to try. We need to try to do that. Number six, uh, drifting, if not stop, ends in disaster. I put underneath this, don't be a drifter. I don't know if that's a bad phrase, but don't be a drifter. And uh, I didn't say drifting ends in disaster because sometimes, my, myself included, uh, drift. But if you don't recognize it, if you don't stop it, it's going to end in disaster. Uh, a preacher that preached the night that I was called to preach, he said this uh, phrase. I don't know if, if it was tied to him, but I tied it to him. But he said, if I die swimming, look for my body upstream. And I, like, I liked that. I like phrases like, uh, you know, you know, don't, you know, don't let the fear striking, striking out keep you from playing the game. I like phrases like that. Don't be afraid, you know, to go against, you know, to, to, and I like a challenge. But if I die swim and look for my body upstream, I want to be known for going against the flow, not going with the flow. So you may ask yourself, if, if drifting is done without realizing, how do I know if I've drifted away from the Lord? And I, want, I have six questions that I want to, um, to ask, and you, could, you can ask yourself uh, many questions. Again, these are very easy very basic questions. Um, number one, is my desire to read my Bible fading? Is my desire to read my Bible fading? Can I just say, can I be honest with you, that most of the time when I wake up, the first thing I don't pop up, uh, I don't say, I can't wait to read my Bible. Normally it's, lay here really still and Jennifer will still think you're asleep and she won't wake you up. Uh, no, but actually that's the truth. But a lot of times, I, the first thing, it's not, I don't wanna, I, it's not that I don't want to, it's just my flesh doesn't want to. I'm tired, I'd rather go back to sleep or I'd like to get an extra sleep and then, then I'd like to go you know, do whatever I have to do about that day and I don't take time to read my Bible. And um, maybe it's not your desires fading, but over time that your desire will fade away from that once you, take, um, once you get out of that habit of reading your Bible. Is my desire to read my Bible fading? Number two, is my desire to pray fading? You know, can I just uh, say, I'm, I'm, I gotta be careful what I say because a lot of times when you say something, the Lord brings it into your life to see how much you really mean it. But I'm actually thankful most of the time for problems in my life because it reminds me who's in control. Uh, it's, if it's outside of my control, I, you know, I got to give it over to the Lord. Uh, if it's self-inflicted, I got to get it right. But if we had, you know, and I, I, everybody that came tonight, I think um, 
everybody came because maybe they have problems or because they wanted to share a prayer request or because they wanted to be encouraged because something they're going through. And I think that, and I'm not saying because people aren't here tonight, but a lot of people that have everything going for them, they don't see their need for church. They don't see their need for God. And I'm very thankful. Uh, again, I want to be very careful how I say this because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm thankful for uh, things in my life that keep me on my knees, uh, keep me praying uh, to the Lord and asking for help, asking for guidance and things. Number three, is my desire to be in church fading? And uh, I could say that there's been a time in my life where I did not look forward to going to church for many different reasons, but um, every time I went, I was thankful that I went. Number four, is my desire to share the gospel fading? And uh, I just want to say that you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I've led someone to the Lord. Before that, it was a couple months. Before that, it was several months. Um, but don't let, don't let the excuse of, I don't know how, uh, or I've never done it, or I'm scared. And um, I remember sharing with someone just within the last couple of years that, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little nervous sometimes, you know, with certain people. Uh, <laughs> they look a little intimidating to give the gospel. And they said to me, and it was just one of those things, I think they were being somewhat sarcastic, but it helped me, but there was a lot of truth in it. They said, don't you realize that God wants people to get saved? So won't he help you? Uh, and he wants to use you. And that was very encouraging to me. And I, I still struggle with that sometimes. But then I have to remind myself, God wants people to get saved. God wants people to be faithful to church. God wants people to hear the gospel. Number five, is my desire for worldly things increasing? Is my desire for worldly things increasing? And you can fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be something very sinful. It could just be things of this world. The world has to offer us that just takes the place of our church, takes the place of our, our walk with God, takes the place of things that are, not, uh, that, are, that are for us, spiritual things. Number six, last question here to ask, is my desire to hold onto sin increasing? Is my desire to hold onto sin increasing? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. So, and again, I've, I've, I've preached this message before to the teenagers. Hopefully they forgot, but hopefully they didn't. <laughs> but uh, I don't like to repeat messages a lot. Uh, this would be the first time I've done this here. I've done it uh, other places before. But I need this reminder because a lot of times I can spiritually drift and not even know it. Even when things are going for me, even, even when I'm reading my Bible, even when I think that everything I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I can still drift in some of my areas, spiritual areas of my life. So number one, Okay, you say, I've drifted in one, of my, in one of these areas, or I've drifted in other areas, Kill, that you did not mention. I understand that I'm drifting in a certain area. Number one, what you need to do, get out of the water right now. Get out of the water right now. What happened when I started to go underneath the water? Someone jumped in, and they got me out of the water. They didn't just put me on a flotation device and say, okay, you're good. I'm going to swim back out. You'll be fine. They wanted to get me out of the water make sure I was okay. We need to get out of the water right now. I put underneath here, stop doing what you're doing that is causing you not to enjoy a pure relationship with Christ. And again, that might not be something very sinful. Uh, there's a lot of times it's what we, we believe or what we, we immediately go to. What's very, it could just be time, uh, poor uh, time management. You're not, you're not properly timing or properly planning when you should walk with God. Or, you know, and sometimes, I'm telling you, I get more of my Bible reading in the evening time than I do first thing in the morning. And I'm not saying that I'm... Um, don't want to do my Bible reading all in the morning. I'd like to do that first thing, but sometimes when I have a little more time and I'm a little more awake, I can understand a little bit more. But get out of the water right now and, you know, just think about that. It says maybe, again, I know maybe this isn't really a scriptural question to ask, but you could rewind to however many 
a year ago, a couple months ago, or fill in the blank, is your walk with God more strong now than it was back then? And again, I could say that some trouble, trial, trial times in my life, I felt like my walk with God was sweeter. It got sweeter during that time. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying our frequency or uh, our getting th- and our desire and uh, our commitment to it, how is it today? Maybe there's something in place that is taking up that time. Number two, what we need to do, <clears throat> paddle against the current. Paddle against the current. Again, like I uh, refer back to that phrase, if I die, swim, and look for my body upstream. How um, sad it would be as a testimony that, you know, oh, this, this person got burned out, but they got burned out in just this little tiny area. And again, God conditions us. God brings us through little trials. I was just talking to actually two people today by way of text message, and both of them uh, shared with me that their life is very hectic. I would, I would uh, say that many of us could say that as well. But when they were sharing with me about their life, I was just like, man, I thought, my, I thought my schedule was hectic. Um, and then when I, I actually said that to someone and they said, oh, I shouldn't be complaining because I know you got a lot on your plate too. And I said, no, no, no. I said, we'll talk about this later. But we need to paddle against the current. Underneath here, if you're going against the world, you'll have to fight against the current. Now, don't get me wrong. I like, I like to just kick back and relax sometimes. I like to just really not have to really do anything. But I also, I like a challenge. I like that sometimes uh, you, know, you, you work on something, you get to a problem. I remember many times working on a project just with my grandpa, and uh, we would get halfway through it and something would mess up, and I'd get frustrated, and he'd say, Caleb, are you going to let it beat you? Are you going to give up? And that always made me mad. I was like, why would you say that? Now I have to finish this. He was encouraging me to get that, to get that job done. I remember when I first learned to drive a stick shift car. I was learning on a 98 Ford Escort the coolest car I've ever had. Um, but no, that thing went 350,000 miles on it, so that was, that was really cool. Uh, but anyways, I'm learning in the parking lot, and I said, okay, I'm done. And my mom says, why don't you drive home? I said, no, I don't want to do that. I just, you know, I'm not ready for that. And she said, well, are you a chicken? And she, why do you guys say that? So then I had to drive home, and since then, I, I may, I'm never, well, I have stalled, but I'm very good with driving stick shift. What's that have to do with anything? Paddle against the current. It's not going to be easy. Uh, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy, Everybody would be in here to church tonight, but they, they, they've given up on some of the things of the Lord, and they said it's, it's easier to go with the flow than it is to go against the flow. You and the world should be going in opposite directions. Again, I know this is all very, very easy knowledge that we know, but I need this reminder. And I put underneath here, and again, I don't know if this is scriptural, but if you wake up in the morning and you don't meet the devil first thing, you are probably going the same way. And I'm not saying that you, uh, you wake up and you, you have a terrible morning and you say, okay, I guess I met the devil, so we're going opposite ways. I'm just, I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, if, if everything's going okay and you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying and you feel like everything's going okay, it's probably just the devil deceiving you, thinking everything is okay. And um, before you know it, uh, it's, you're going to be so far away from the lifeguard, he's not going to be able to get to you in time. Number three, we're almost done here. What to do when you find out that you're spiritually drifting? Number three, anchor yourself in Christ. Anchor yourself in Christ. How do you do that? Right here. Stand firm in the word of God right underneath there. Get, get in the word of God. Come to church. Read the Bible. Anchor yourself in Christ. You know, uh, and I don't say this to, to toot my own horn or to brag or anything. I, I believe that I've read my Bible cover to cover, I would say about 12 times, I think, so far. And uh, that's a rough estimate. I think that I started in 2006. 
and I'm, I'm on track to get that done this, this year as well. But anchor yourself in Christ. Now, what I love about the Word of God is although I've read it 12 times through, I still find things that are brand new to me. And um, I, was, I was sharing with the teenagers several weeks ago, we've actually had our Wednesday night series on this topic for several weeks now, uh, in Luke 7, verse 20, I believe it is, and Pastor just made mention of it in um, the men's prayer breakfast. He said he had a conversation with somebody. It was me. Uh, but we were talking about how John the Baptist was in prison, about to be beheaded, and he was saying, go ask Jesus Christ if he's the one. Make, go, go. He's like, I don't even know. Uh, and that encouraged me that John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, who walked with him, who saw him, was discouraged. And uh, you're saying, Caleb, you, are you encouraged that someone else was discouraged? Yes, kind of, but I'm encouraged that, hey, even John the Baptist got discouraged, and he still questioned, but he, he, you know, he got his answer. He wanted to make sure, and they made sure of it. The second bullet point under there, strive to please God in all that you do. And um, about a year ago, I was cleaning a toilet at the school, and uh, I, I was corrected on the way I was doing it. Uh, I was okay to be corrected. Um, I didn't really like being corrected the way I was, but I was being corrected nonetheless, so I needed to take it. And um, finally, the person got done uh, explaining it to me and looked at me and said, Caleb, you just got to think about it. And uh, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it, was, it just brought it home to me. He says, would Jesus Christ use your bathroom that you cleaned? And I just thought, he would just walk in and be like, he'd just clean it. You know, that, that was my response kind of, but it was like, that's, that's, strive to please God in all that you do. Hey, even cleaning a toilet, I gotta, strive, I gotta strive to please God in all I do. Hey, sometimes I had a bad attitude doing that. It was funny, I, always, I would call a friend of mine that I went to college with, and every time I called him, he'd ask me, are you cleaning toilets? Because I would just call him and say, hey, it just reminds me of you. Because, <laughs> but it was a joke because it was just like, we'd always encourage one another. We'd always encourage each other. And he said, I, I, I get, need some encouragement. He'd call me, and a lot of times when I was cleaning the toilet, it was like, you know what, I gotta call my friend and get some encouragement. Uh, strive to please God in all that you do. I should have said commode, sorry. I said that T word too many times, sorry. The Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. You've heard that before. And how true that is. When I'm living in sin and when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm filthy in my own sin, I don't want to go get in the word of God because I don't want it to be reflected. I don't want to go, um, I'll use this illustration. By looking around, I believe everybody looked in the mirror before they came here. Maybe some didn't, uh, but most did, okay? And what we, what we do is we try to check to make sure we're presentable. Same thing. Uh, we look in the Word of God and we look in the mirror to make sure we're presentable to Jesus Christ. And when we, uh, a lot of times when I know I'm filthy, I don't even go look in the mirror. I just go jump in the shower because it's like there's no point to go see. Uh, go, go see. I'm going to go get cleaned up. And that's what we need to do. We need to get clean and repent before the Lord. I'm done here. Here's the last challenge that I wanted to give to you. Decide today that you will, on purpose... Keep yourself from drifting. Decide today that you will, on purpose, keep yourself from drifting. That Bible verse, it says, in what we, uh, Hebrews 2, 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We've got to think about what we've read, what we've learned from the Word of God. Lest at any time we should let them slip. I believe everybody at some point, sometime in their life, probably has drifted. Maybe we're drifting right now. Maybe you just needed this reminder. Can I just challenge you that, hey, we're either, the Bible says we're either hot or cold. We're not lukewarm. We're either pressing on the upper way, new heights we're climbing every day, we're backsliding or we're drifting. 
can I just encourage you tonight, if that's you, um, get back, just, just get back on track. And um, I want to just encourage you that we've, everybody's been there. You're in good company. But maybe there's some areas in your life that you need to get back on track. Maybe you just didn't realize, maybe a point of some areas you've drifted on, maybe a good reason just to get back on track, maybe some loved ones that you're close to, maybe some people that, are, that have kind of quit on God, that have kind of been unfaithful to some things that maybe you've taught them. Get back on track. It would encourage them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. God, I pray we'd never take that lightly and we never would forget that great sacrifice that was made for us. Lord, I pray that we would be more faithful to spread the gospel and have that desire. And God, I pray that you would just help us with, with our flesh, that we would die to the flesh every day, God, and we would just crawl back on the altar and, and uh, die, die to ourselves, God. Lord, I love you so much. I ask these things in your name.